Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I come to you to talk to you today about a series, and throughout this series, we're going to be talking about the Spirit, and it's going to be a little different than you're used to. And I don't mean that the series is different. I don't mean that the Spirit is different. I don't mean we're going to do anything weird. We're going to take the weird, the spooky out of this, but we want to talk to you about the Spirit, because when Jesus introduced the Spirit to the church, he didn't mean for it to be something weird, spooky, that kind of everybody was scared of. In fact, you never hear of them being scared of it. They're they're always uh, just drawn to it, and he draws people to the Spirit. And so I think sometimes religion and people and the delivery of, of, of some of us sometimes presents the gospel as this weird, goofy thing that you got to be rolling on the floor to receive. I don't even find that in the Word of God. But I do find this, that we absolutely want to be full of the Spirit of the, God, of the Lord God Almighty. Can I get a witness? I do know that. So I'm going to read to you, and I'm going to read to you a text that I'm, I'm going to kind of be my key verse throughout this entire series. In fact, if your kids are in Parkway Kids, we are trying to tie in this field series, and they're, they're on their level uh, in Parkway Kids, and they are going to memorize the verse that I'm about to tell you over the next five weeks in Parkway Kids, and it is this. So I would recommend you remember it because your kids are going to. Don't let them show you up. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 reads as this. It says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the book of Acts, right here at the outpouring of the Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All of them. It just happened to the whole house began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, if this is your first time in a Spirit-filled church, you're going, "Uh uh-oh, they told me about this. And now they're going to think I'm a parent and they're going to pull a string and we're going to speak in different... No, no. This is not that. We, we want you to be full of the Spirit and we want you to have an experience in your life that took place in the book of Acts where you are overwhelmed with the Spirit of the Lord and you speak in another language. We're not going to teach you how to do that. We're not going to say, I tie my bow tie. That was, I tie my bow tie. Believe it or not, some churches have done that. If you say that real quick, you'll get the spirit. We're not in here for false rain. You are getting it now, aren't you? Not the spirit. But we're not into false rain. We're not into false sprinklers to create moves of the spirit. We're here for let the real water of the spirit flow in this house. And I believe that the Lord wants to touch, minister in people's lives. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Nothing worse than a man's shoe becoming untied. How many of you lift your hand and say, I remember when the Spirit first filled my life? Awesome. Now, if you didn't lift your hands, we're not trying to make you feel guilty. It's none of that. But how many of you also can say, I would like to let the Lord in this new year fill my life with the Spirit 
And if I already have been, to refill me with the Spirit. I want to see the hands of people in this. Almost 100, even if you don't understand it, almost 100% in this house. I, I, I really believe in the Spirit. I have been in around this most of my life. I've watched people from Africa uh, to Venezuela to uh, all across the world be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. I believe it. I know it's real. I've stood in uh, an African fishing village one time where we stood out in the mid-open air and people had never even heard of the gospel. And we began to preach and we talked about the Spirit and I watched a doctor stand out there in that crude setting, lift his hands and speak in another language that the Lord filled him with the Spirit. You can't tell me this is not real. I've watched it happen. I've watched it happen from young children all the way up to elder. I've baptized people in their 90s and watched them be filled with the Spirit. You're not too old and you're not too young to have a life-changing experience and be filled with the Spirit. Amen? And so I understand that some of you, this is going to be a stretch far, but if you're not stretched at church, where do you need to be stretched at? I'm telling you, I want the gospel to stretch me, to grow into the bigness of who God is, and I want it to happen in the house of God. I believe most of us would say, I believe God, and that God can do absolutely anything. I believe, any, I believe most of the people in this room believe God can do anything. But just because we believe God can do anything does not mean we always expect him to do it. Can I get a witness? We don't expect him to do it. Expectation is a powerful thing. The word expect means to, to look forward to something. I'm looking forward or to be pregnant with anticipation, to expect we believe God can heal cancer. We, we believe God can put homes back together, can get drug addicts and alcoholics free of those things. Do, but do we expect it when we ask him? Do we expect it? We know he can, but do we expect it? We know when someone is pregnant, we say she is expecting. What is she expecting? What is, what is she expecting? Well, she's expecting that in so many months, there will be a birth in her life. In nine months, there will be a birth, and we say she's expecting. I'd like to ask this at the beginning of this series, what are you expecting in this series? Are you expecting that there is going to be a birth in your life? Are you expecting something that you've never had happen before or you have had it and you need a refilling of it? I am expecting God to do something. If you came here today and you're expecting uh, just the normal, the average, that's what you're going to get. But if you come here with expectation that exceeds anything that you've ever had before in God, that I want my relationship with God to go deeper, that I want to go deeper with my relationship with my family, and I want there to be life change in me. I want to experience Jesus, a Jesus that shakes my life, challenges me, and changes me. And everybody said in Jesus. Jesus' name. <laughs> Expect that God will give you the birth of a miracle in your life. Expect that. Let me tell you something about someone who's expecting or uh, somebody that is uh, pregnant. They, they, they walk different. They, they just kind of, I'm going to be real careful because there's a lot of lady folk 
they just kind of waddle. Is that okay? Not in the first, but towards the end, it's just kind of a, I'm not going to act it out. I'm, wrong. I'm on real shaky ground. I know they act different. Let's move on. They look different from time to time. They eat very different. I really, you know, I'm a man, and so they always tell me they crave things. I never hear them craving vegetables and stuff. I mean, really, it's just an opportunity for them to get what they want. You know it, but they eat different. I'm like craving bluebell, like, what? But they eat, I know I'm going to shake your ground, but we're going to keep moving forward. They eat differently. They, they don't do certain things that they used to do because now they are expecting. It's not like they used to be. There's something different going on and they, they're looking forward to something. There's some expectation there and they're not the same as they used to be because there's something inside of them that wants to be birthed and there's expectations. It's the first. Uh, Sunday of this field series, the beginning of the new year. And I want to just tell you as a pastor, <laughs> I, I want to share this with you. I'm expecting. I'm expecting. I'm expecting God to fill this church over the next five weeks with a rebirth of something in you that needs to, to be birthed out of you. Something needs to happen in your life. I don't care whether you've had it or you hadn't. Something needs to happen in your life. It's 2017 and the world is getting more and more wicked. There is more perversion in our world. We're not at a season that we need less of God. We're at a season where we need more of God. I am, I am here to tell you, I'm not scared to tell you that I want to be more filled with the Spirit than I ever have. You can call me weird. You can call me crazy. You can call me I'm a fanatic. You can do what you want, but I'm going to tell you I need more of Jesus in my life than I've ever needed before. I need it. And I think it's going to cause you to walk a little different and act a little different and talk a little different and expect a little different. You, you want something. And when you show up at church, there's this expectation that, follow, that comes with it that your hands go up in the air. You're expecting God to move on your row. You're expecting God to move in your neighborhood. You're expecting God to move on your job. You start expecting you're walking different. You look different. You eat different. Sometimes you don't eat at all. You fast a little bit. You pray a little bit. You spend some time on your knees where you hadn't done that in a while. Why? There's expectation in you. You're expecting God to do something that you haven't seen him do in a long time in your life. You go to a doctor and and, and you, you show up and you kind of expect something. You've got the flu or whatever it may be and you expect that he's going to give you something that makes you better. And then I ask you this, what about Dr. Jesus? Is there any way we can expect him to do something? Next Sunday, we start the season of prayer and fasting, and we're going to give you a devotion book next week, and, and, and we were going to sell it, but I'm just going to say right now, I'll tell our staff, we're going to give it away. And we got 250, for the first 250 people that really desire and want to go through this devotion, we, it's, it's done in-house and it's ready for you and it's prepared and it's all evolved around the spirit and it starts next Sunday and we'll be passing those out next Sunday. 
But we want to hand these out to you free of charge. We want to give these to you. And we want you to go daily through that 21 days. We want you to have a time of prayer. We want you to have a time of fasting. And we want all the while inside of you an expectation to rise up that you begin to say, I'm going to tell you, when I'm sick, the first place I'm going to go is I'm going to pray first. When I am down, when I'm struggling with depression, the first place before I do anything else, I'm going to go to him in prayer and ask him to lift up my spirit and courage and change my life from within. Come on, people. Are we going to just talk about this or are we going to believe it? Are we just going to say we're Christians? Are we going to believe it? Are we tapping into it? Are we going to grab hold of it? Is this spirit just something that we do or we say or it's the cool thing of Christianity of this time? Or do we step in it and say I'm full of the spirit and because I'm full of the spirit, I have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and I'm going to come boldly into his presence believing that he is able, 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 able. Hallelujah. I know I get fired up if you're visiting here today. I get a little fired up. I don't, I don't uh, repent of that. I don't ask for your forgiveness. I'm absolutely excited about what I get to talk about. I love talking about Jesus. He gave his all for me, and I'm going to do my best to give my all to him to let you know he's worth everything that you need to step into to get all that he wants you to have. Take that step. Take that step. I want you to stand real quick with me. I'm not through speaking, so don't get too excited. <laughs> but I want you to stand with me. And I want to ask you a question here today, and, and I wanted to, I'm trying to get something to rise up in you. How many of you right now, by the show of hands, you need something physically in your body, some form of healing, some form of healing? I want you to look around. Look, just look around. Just look around. Keep those hands up. And how many of you right now need some form of healing uh, in, in your emotions, in your spirit, and, 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 and the makeup of who you are? Just, you don't, that, that, that's a real wide deal, but you, you, you don't mind lifting your hands on that. And this is going to be stepping out, but I want you to do something right now. In the middle of this message, and I know it's a little odd, I want you to reach over and touch somebody with their hand up, and I want you to say, God... I'm expecting that whatever their hand is up for, that during this series, you're going to meet that need in the name of Jesus. Come on, we're not just believing it, we're expecting it. Come on, pray with authority over them. Pray with authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel the spirit of the Lord in this place right now. I feel the spirit of the Lord in this place right now. Come on, man, I feel that. I feel that. Hallelujah. That's the spirit in this place. We serve a living God. We serve a God who is well and able. Who God who is, wants to touch every life. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on. Let the Lord overwhelm you. Let, let healing flow from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Come on. We're praying first. We're asking God first for it. We're believing God. Fill them up with healing and restoration. Connect the dots in their life. In Jesus' name. Now throw your hands up and give the Lord a shout of praise for what he's going to do. My expectation begins to rise. I begin to reach for things. 
Expectation releases God's miraculous power in our life. And so my expectation, and when you go to the God in prayer in this new year, I want you to pray with expectation. I want you to pray like you're expecting something to be birthed in you. I don't want you to pray like you did last week. I know you got at the end of the year, maybe all of us got a little weary and tired in our prayers, but there's a new prayer I'm praying because I'm expecting something, and it causes me to pray and talk and walk and talk every way differently, and I'm praying something for my family. I'm praying something for my church. I'm praying something for the road that I sit on. I'm praying for deliverance and the power of God in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. So... Did he take stripes on his back for no reason? No. He took stripes that you might be healed. So step into it and claim it in the name of Jesus. I have people sometimes, what people do stops us in our faith and believing. People come up to you and say, you've been praying for it? Yeah, yeah. Have you had it happen yet? No. Well, it must not be the will of God. Since when did someone as spiritual as a dead turtle be able to explain and tell you when God's will is or when he's not? And sometimes it causes your faith to stop in midstream and you allow your expectation to be aborted. It's time for you to hold on with a promise that God has already given you and step into it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So, if he's done it once in your life, he can do it again and and I'll I, I see a story in the Bible of a little lady that touched the hem of his garment and she pressed her way through the crowd and she touched the hem of the garment. Why did she do that? She had tried every doctor, but this time she saw Dr. Jesus at the front and she pressed her way through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. Nothing makes you do that like expectation. Nothing. It pushes you. And she touched him knowing and believing, but her belief stretched into expectation and pushed her to touch the hem of his garment, and she was forever changed. And she was expecting, and that's what helped make her whole. And here's the problem sometimes, our waiting period, that time, that season of waiting, that, that, that we, they're in the process of praying that it doesn't happen yet, and, and all of a sudden, it's somewhere in there that we lose sight of our expectations, and again, we kind of want to abort what we're expecting because we, we start thinking that it's not going to happen. That's what the problem of that waiting time. We say it like Mary and Martha did, Jesus if you had been here four days ago, Lazarus would not have died. Not catching the fact that he's here now. And if I had a faith in him that four days ago, if he'd have been here, he could have saved him on his deathbed. Why can't I four days later believe in the same Jesus when he shows up to do the miraculous over something that's dead in my life? And I want to speak to you about that for just a second. Some of you think some things are dead in your life because you lost your expectation, but you need to wake up and see that it's not over because Jesus is on scene. <laughs> He's on scene. He's there. He can do something. But wait a minute, Jesus. I've got a little issue. I've got stale faith. It's four days old. I've got stale expectation. And I think Jesus stepped in to Mary and Martha and, and, and dealing with his best friend Lazarus who's in the grave. I believe Jesus steps in that situation and is kind of like, I can deal with your stale faith. 
I can deal with your stale expectation. Just give me something. Be glad that I'm here. Worship to the fact that I'm here and believe what I can do now. But even if it's hard for you to believe, give me stale expectation. I'll take it and do something great with it. Because some of you think you've got to have superhero faith and superhero expectation to see the miraculous in your life. If you can just get the fact that, Jesus, I know you're here now, and if you're here now, I know you can still do anything. Some of you got some dead things in your life, some dead promises, some dead dreams, and I speak it in the name of Jesus with authority. It ain't over, baby, because the presence of God has shown up in your life. If you believe that, somebody say amen. So, we, we see Jesus step on scene sometimes, one time in the story of the fig tree in the Bible. It's a very unique story. It's kind of a, a crazy story. And he steps on scene and he goes by this tree and it's not bearing fruit. And he looks at it and the Bible says he cursed the tree. He said, you know, he cursed it. And it, it was going to die. He, he just pronounced death on this tree. But when he does it, his disciples are with him and, 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 and they say, they see that nothing, nothing really happens with the tree. Nothing happens. And can you imagine them looking around going, well, it didn't work this time. I didn't really see anything happen. He must have lost his power. It didn't work for him this time. But wait a minute. They come back the next day and the tree is dead. <laughs> I mean, it's dried up. It's dead. Because when a tree starts to die, it starts dying from within, and then it doesn't show up on the outside till later. It starts dying within the tree first. Why can't just the opposite of that happen? In the process of you praying with expectation in your prayers, sometimes we don't think, see things happening on the outside when God is just the opposite of that, working on the inside. And so the last thing to start showing up is what's on the outside. God may be starting a miracle on your inside to fill you up on the inside, and it may take five weeks for it to show up on the outside. But I gotta tell you, you gotta trust that Jesus has showed up and when he speaks a word of healing and restoration, he starts the process of the spoken word that brings life in your life. I come to preach today. But I need you to come and receive because when you receive, your expectation begins to grow. Where do I start with this? The best place that you can start is by letting the hunger for things of God begin to consume you. Remember, you, you've had that in your life before maybe. When things consumed you, the things of God, you've got a hunger for God. It, it drove you. It drove you with passion and zeal. Now, I'm not trying to bring guilt on you. I'm trying to stir you back up. But there was something in you that just, man, I want more of God. I'm hungering for more of God. I'm thirsting for, maybe that's been kind of snuffed out. Maybe that through all the junk of last year kind of got washed out. Maybe the success or the failure of last year washed that out a little bit of your life. But I'm telling as your pastor, as your friend, as the person that God has called to speak into your life today, let something be rebirthed in you that consumes you. Brandon said it well a few minutes ago. He said, blessed, Jesus said this, Brandon mentioned it earlier. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst 
for righteousness for they might be filled. Huh? They what? Do you hear any kind of struggle in that? No. He said, all I need you to do is do your part. You get hunger, hungry, you get thirsty for righteousness. You get hungry and thirsty for the things of God and I'm gonna do my part on the backside of this thing. I'm going to fill you up. I need you to expect something and I'll do the feeling. I shall do that. But I need you to get hungry. I need the things of God to consume you again. I need the things of God to draw you into his presence again. Draw you into seeking him on a daily basis again. I need you to step into that. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Not hunger for the things of God, but hunger for God. Not hunger for the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, of God, but the presence of God. I want to be with him. I, 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 want, I want to spend time with him in the cool of the morning when my world hasn't really started clicking very fast yet. I want to start a fire. I want to turn on the heater. I want to get my word out. And I want something to burn within my spirit again. Is that okay? A thirst, a hunger for the things of God. God has given me this crazy privilege to tell the people under the sound of my voice that call Parkway home to try to get you to heaven. I've got an answer for every one of you one day. I'm not trying to stand here today and be the coolest guy on the block. I'm not here today to say all the things that will be the most popular things to say. But I'm here to tell you today that I've got to get you to heaven. It's my passion. It's my zeal. It keeps me up at night when I see a sheep wandering away from the fold. I'm here. I'm telling you, I am, I, God has, has, has put it in my spirit from the left to the right, from the front to the back. I have a passion and desire to see you make heaven and see you do it with confidence and anointing and power, hallelujah, and to be filled by the Spirit of God. But I gotta tell you, as bad as I want it to happen for you, I can't make it happen for you. I need you to get something down in you that says, hallelujah, I'm gonna work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. I want more of God than I've ever had before. If you feel that way, will you stand to your feet and lift your hands and cry out to God and say, God, I'm expecting it in my life again. I'm expecting it in my life again. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As far as I can tell, the only thing that has the ability to predetermine how much of God you will receive is your expectation. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm gonna go into a story of a really hungry woman. <laughs> It's a really hungry, it's a very unique story, and I'm going to 
This will be the last story that I share in this message today. But oh, what a powerful story it is. And I go to the text. It's in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1. It says this. She had this physical hunger going on, literally hungry. Her kids were about to die because they were starving to death. And the man of God shows up in this text, and this is the story. 2 Kings 4 and 1. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me what do you have in the house. What is it? that you've already got in the house that God can do a miracle through. Nothing at all, she says, except, ooh, thought of something, the only thing we got left in this house is a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, all right, I can work with that. Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbors. I want you to go get some jars. I want you to go out and get some jars. Brandon, I want you to do me a favor. I've got some jars in there. I want you to go out and just get me a vessel. Get me a container of some sort. I don't care which one. Just bring me a vessel. Go out among the the neighbors and grab something. But I want you to look at this. Thank you. Man, that's one more of a joke. You're serious about it. So, all right. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. You go big there, you go big here. <laughs> Listen to this. There was no number of how many to go get. Jesus, I mean, excuse me, Elisha didn't cap it. He didn't say, go get me 40 vessels, go get me 30, 20, whatever. <coughs> Just go get as many as you can. Go get them. Go knock on the neighbor's house. And what she brought in, listen to this, was based on how much she expected. I think sometimes when we come to church, we want to know, 40. God, is it 40? What's the rules here on this deal? Is there 40? 40? Do I need to talk to a pastor? Pastor, how many, how many do we bring? No, 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 no. How much do you want? Pastor, tell me the one, two, three to get this in the new year. Let me just ask you this. This is your deal. How much do you want? There's, there's no rules here. You want it? You go get the vessels based on your expectation. Now listen to this. The level of your expectation will create the size of your feeling. The prophet told the widow to do this, and I'm going to call it, say it this way. He told her to go collect, go get collected emptiness. Go just bring empty into the house. <laughs> Everywhere you can find emptiness, grab it 
and bring it in. Because you've got to have emptiness to have a maximum amount of supernatural feeling. You've got to have something empty. Don't bring it already full. Well, I came today, but I just want to tell them, Parkway ain't going to tell me how to be saved. Parkway, I already, I already know Jesus. Hey, calm down. We know you know Jesus. We respect what God's doing in your life. Do you respect what God's doing in mine? Yeah. I respect what God's doing in yours. You've got a relationship with him. But when you come in the presence of God, I need you to dump out what you think you are. Because sometimes it ain't nothing but that. I need you to dump out what you think you are and step out, step in and say, I want what he is. I need you to step in and for just a minute say, Lord, I'm coming fresh again, open, empty. I want you. I got some baggage back there. I even got some religious baggage. I've even seen this whole tongues deal. I've seen it really messed up. I've seen it really weird. I've watched too, many t too much TV in, and they're blowing on people, and it freaks me out. Guess what? It freaks me out when they blow on people because I'll never know if they got bad breath or not. <laughs> We're not going to blow on you because I don't see anything biblically about them blowing on people, but I do know this. If you go get a vessel and the vessel is empty, he's going to base his feeling on how empty it is that you bring. I need somebody to step in. We've got this deal in Christendom that everybody's full, man. They think they're full. They're full. And so when they come to God, it's like, why do I need church? Why do I need God? I'm already full. I can do church at home. I don't need God on it. No, 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 no. Because you think you've got him figured out. I need you to step in his presence and say, here I am, God. I'm going to go back. I want you to take me back to the day I first stepped into your presence and I was empty and I wanted all that you had. That's where I want to be today. I went to Bible college. I grew up in the church. Uh, I went to Bible college when I was 18, 19 years old. Was in the school, graduated from Bible college, went straight into ministry. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you, I was in the house of a dad who was a just brilliant in the word of God, mom and dad. I've heard the gospel preached and taught all my life, but every for once in a while, I just want to come in. And I just want to start over. Is that okay? I just want to start over and say, Lord, I've got to think I've got a few things figured out, but I think I don't know more. And there, I think there's a lot out there for me to learn. And I want to step in your presence. And I want to come into your presence. And I want you to, I come with an empty vessel. And I'm asking you, God, fill me up again. I don't care if you're stepping in here and you're Catholic. Fill me up again. I don't care if you're coming in here Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, and if I missed your brand, it's okay. Just come into his presence and say, Lord, if it's available, would you fill me up? If I stepped in here and I'm agnostic, I don't even know if there's a God, 
not denying him, but don't really know. Just give him a chance. If you're an atheist today and you're stepping here and I'd say I don't even really believe in him, that's cool. That's cool. He'll meet you in your stale expectancy. But I need you to set something from him and just say, God, if you're real, I'm asking you to feel me. And so they went out, got the vessel. The boys went out and got them. The kids went out and got them, brought vessels. Brandon, get me another one, please. Went out and got the vessels and brought them in. Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. And then the King James Version says, borrow not. <laughs> you can't get good help these days. Borrow not a few. Borrow not a few. I, I just felt the Lord speak to me and tell me something. And I didn't prepare this, but I want to feel this. Some of you think this is all you got. He'll take what you bring to him. If you're not at this level of faith yet, he's got you covered with this. He'll start right here. You don't have to start right there. You can start right here. Is that all right? It's all right. Start right there. It's fine. And so, go borrow the vessels abroad for all thy neighbor, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few, the King James Version says. That meant get a, every pot, get every pan, get as many empty containers as you can get your hands on. And, and he, does, he doesn't say... He doesn't even say, I'm going to fill them all. He just says, go get them. But there is a little hint in this story that Elisha, through the power of the Almighty God, is about to do something big. Do you hear it? You see, this lady doesn't know the end of the story, and maybe you don't. I don't know. She doesn't know the end of the story, but she's given a command to go get as many vessels she can. And her, her sons and her do that. They get the empty containers. They get everything they can get their hands on, and they collect all the emptiness that they can and bring in the house. And the volume of her collected emptiness was going to determine her future. She didn't know how it would all work out. All she knew was to obey God's command. That's all she knew. She didn't realize that her cumulative emptiness would literally determine the measure of her miraculous feeling. She didn't know. And this is simply how God works. Start sending people in your life to go get vessels. Start putting everybody around you. Start expecting. Start believing. We can have this happen. We can have this happen. Russ, Mo, stand up back there, please. He didn't know I was going to do this. Greg, Littlefield, you stand up, please. I want you guys to lead the charge. In that room right there is breakout room two. And I, I want you to, there's vessels in there. I want you to go in there and get vessels. But wait a minute, wait a minute. I want just whoever in this area back there in the back that feels like you want to go with them, there's enough vessels for you to go get you something. One, two, three, go. I want uh, way back there, Jody Tate, where you at? Where you at, Jody? Where you at, Jody? Jody, where art thou? All right. Uh, Chris, stand up for me. Stand up. Chris, I want you. Peter Cass, I see you back there. Stand up. I want you to go out into that 
foyer and grab some vessels. And if you're in that area back there and you want to go help, there's vessels for you. Or you're even, even over here, there's vessels for you. Over here, Courtney, stand up. I want you to go out there and get some vessels. Andrew George, would you go help her right there? Others, I'm just going to open it up. Anybody in this area want to go get a vessel? The vessels are right out there. To borrow, not a few. Get what you can. Bring it in the house. Greg, when you start again, you lead the charge. Just bring it to the platform. Would you do it? <clears throat> just bring it to the platform. If you're coming back in with your vessel, just get it up here. Just get it up here some way. Just bring the vessel. Bring the vessel. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Give it up for these folks. They're doing an awesome job. Bring the vessel. Once you, once you bring it, just kind of hang out up here. Would you do that? Bring, just bring your vessel and just kind of, look, look at here, look at here. We've got vessels coming from everywhere. Got vessels coming. Goodness gracious. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Now, I had staged about three people to go get vessels, but the rest of you, I just sent out a decree that there's vessels out there. Just go get them if you want to go get them. Now, I don't know what's inside of y'all that made you have the expectancy that when you went out there, you was going to find a vessel, but you went out there, found a vessel, brought it up here, and now we're standing here, all these people ready for God to do something in your life. And I'm going to tell you something. Who out there will join them? Maybe you didn't go get a vessel, but you have the same expectancy as those on this platform and say, I am going to bring God my very, very best even my empty into his presence in this new year, and I want him to feel what I bring. If you believe that, would you stand across this sanctuary? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I want to speak to you just a second. I'm up in the middle of all of this emptiness, and I really feel like the Lord gave me something right here to tell you. Please hear me out. If you're not careful, all of the emptiness in your life can be something you fight against, you fuss against, you swing your fist at, you're mad at. You see that? That's what my parents gave me. Maybe that's what you're saying. You see this? That's what I got from God. That's what I got. And your collected emptiness has been in your intimidating factor instead of your opportunity for filling. And you've looked at it and you've cursed the emptiness, you've cursed the brokenness. You've cursed the hurt, you've cursed the pain, you've cursed the confusion, you've cursed the emptiness, you've cursed the depression, you've cursed the, the hurt, you've cursed the sickness, you've cursed the disease, you've cursed the brokenness in your kids, you've cursed the brokenness in yourself, and you stand there and you're mad at all your emptiness. And if I can just take a pill, if I can just do this, if I can just do, maybe I'll forget about the emptiness. And all the time God is saying, wait a minute, I called for your emptiness. I'm here for your emptiness. 
And what's intimidated you is my opportunity to perform a supernatural feeling in your life. And so quit cursing at the emptiness and start standing in the middle of it saying, now, Lord, I brought the emptiness. Now, I can't do the miraculous. I need you to feel my brokenness. Oh, I feel the spirit of the Lord in this room right now. If you can't link into that, the batteries are dead. Come on. I want you to stand up in the middle of your emptiness. You've got some emptiness. I know it, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, because you raised your hand almost 100% in this house earlier and said, I got some stuff. I got some emptiness. I don't mean that necessarily you've got a major, major, major dilemma, or you do. But you've got some emptiness around you. And guess what? That's all that's required for a supernatural feeling. So I need you to stand in the middle of it and say, God, I brought it. You asked for it, I brought it. I don't know how much you got for me. This is everything I could find. It's everything I could find. This is everything I could find that was empty. And standing in the middle of it, the God of heaven says, son, you have never been more set up for a feeling and a miracle as you are right now. Own your emptiness for a minute. Own the empty vessel for a minute. It's mine, Lord. <laughs> In fact, it's a little bit of my neighbor's emptiness too. It's a little bit of my friend on the job's emptiness too. I mean, I went out. I didn't borrow a few. I got everybody around me's emptiness. I had one old boy tell me, tell me uh, last weekend he came. He's probably here today, I'm sure. He's been in this church, I think, six months. He says, Pastor, my goal is to fill up two pews over there. He said, I've been bringing people, everybody I can get from my work, and I'm going to tell you, this guy is bringing the people to church. I said, man, what are they thinking about it when they come? He said, every one of them are crazy about it. They love what God's doing here. You know what he's doing? He's only been here six months, but everything, he, he, he knows there's emptiness out there. He knows it's not just in his house. It's in his neighbor's house. It's in his business. And he said, I'm going to collect it. I'm going to get it in the house because I've just got to believe 2017 is a year of filling at Parkway Life Church. God is going to feel what I believe. Verse 4, here we go, verse 4. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. Wait, 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 wait. we only got one flask. I didn't just do that. Bring me the jar and start filling them up. And then just keep bringing jars and just keep filling he keeps filling them up, and it just keeps taking them. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. I love that. She says, bring me another jar. She said to one of her sons, they said, there aren't any more, he told her. And when the olive oil and then the olive oil stopped flowing. It only stopped flowing based on the collected emptiness. <laughs> it only it wasn't God that stopped the flow, it was their level of expectation. 
They got everything they got in the house. He filled everything they had. See, the amount of oil was based on the amount of emptiness. There is nothing wrong with what you have to this point. There's nothing wrong with what I have to this point. You already have a relationship with Jesus. But I want you to step in and say, God, I got a few holes in my life. I got a few spots in my life. That I call myself a Christian, but God, me and you both know there's some holes in my life that I want you to feel. I want you to feel. And he did the miracle based on their level of emptiness. So basically what I'm saying is this. If you come in here today and you tapped out and you say, I don't want any more of God, I don't want any of God, period. Guess what? You're okay because <laughs> he is not going to feel something that doesn't want to be filled. He is going to, so, boy, I'm just ready to get out of here. I'm just ready to get out of here. It makes me nervous. They're going to do something to me. No, <laughs> not going to do anything to you. God's not going to do anything to you. He wants to do something for you. But you need to come empty.